Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome to Home Energy Design, a podcast that teaches you how to design a beautiful home and life and make sure it's energy aligned. I'm your host, Amanda Gates, and I'm a professional interior designer, realtor, and advanced feng shui practitioner. And these combined skills have made me an energy design expert, helping you find, create, and design the home and life you've always dreamed of. Are you ready? Hell yeah. Let's do this. Hey, hey, everyone. How the hell are you? Man, I'll tell you what. Mama needed a break. And it was awesome. I can't remember when I wrapped this up. I think I started uh, last of June, I think. I don't know. It's been glorious. Like everything else occurring to me. It's just, it's been really nice over these past few months. I'm just, I'm realizing that I really want to just simplify my life. Things are just easier. They're better. Um, I have more headspace. And I think right now with everything that's going on, there's so much duality and polarization and, you know, left, right, everything in between. So it was just nice to get out into the woods, slow down, putter, putter, putter. It's one of my favorite things to do. How about you? How is everybody doing? Did y'all have a good summer? I think the hardest thing for me, not only over the summer, but right now is just the intensity. Oh my gosh, everything is so intense. The collective energy is just, woo! (laughs) And, you know, I am more, my intuition, my strength is definitely that I feel a lot of my Scorpio nature you know I tend to uh, feel things very deeply very intensely and it's been pretty heavy all summer Um, I have literally been trying to take it day by day because I never know what each day is going to be like some days I have severe nausea other days I have severe fatigue I was dealing with blurred vision joint pain it's just it's everything that's going on with this ascension and everything that's going on with the collective and sometimes I I tell my friends I feel like a freaking HEPA filter sometimes because I'm processing everybody else's stuff but you know what everybody else that I spoke to all my friends who are intuitives and mystics and healers they were all dealing with it too enormous amounts of grief, anxiety, worry, stress, you name it, we're all processing it. And even if you've got your own grief, anxiety, worry, stress, you know, you're also processing everyone around you and the stuff that they're going through. So, you know, it's been a lot and it's going to keep intensifying. And that's nothing to worry about. That's nothing to get scared about because it's going to be quite glorious. We just, we kind of got to go through some shit to get there. And Sharita Starr, astrologer Sharita Starr, she and I have been doing workshops over the past uh, 24 months, just kind of preparing everyone for the big buildup, the big show. Guess what? It's time. The big show is here. Uh, We just recorded uh, a fantastic workshop. This is going to cover uh, the fall of 2021 and going into the winter of uh, 2022. Uh, we go through about till uh, February, end of February into March. But, you know, this is about all of the coming events and how to prepare your chi. 
You know, I'm sure you're feeling it. I'm sure you're feeling the intensity and and what this is doing to your chi. You probably feel frenetic, overwhelmed. Uh, A lot of people I'm speaking to are highly fatigued, um, you know, and huge lack of motivation, which ding, 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 lack of motivation is a huge indicator that we're shifting. That's a huge indicator that we're separating from the 3D uh, world and stepping into a new reality because the things that used to motivate us are very 3D. So we're disengaging, we're disconnecting from that. And so our workshop is is really a place of understanding. We want to explain to you uh, the big fireworks show. I talk about in the workshop how this is very much uh, like a fireworks show. We've been going through the slow burn The pandemic was kind of a way to kind of shake us out of our old way of being and kind of stepping out of what we thought was normal. And this year was kind of intensifying everything. And now we're at the end of the the fireworks show. And this is where the, you know, when you when you go to a, a fireworks show at New Year's or, or at uh, 4th of July, you know, there's that big bang at the end where tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of fireworks are going off. <laughs> That's what we're about to go through. So this is really how to prepare, to know what's coming, but to stay in a place of curiosity, to stay in a place of possibility rather than fear. Because everything right now is all rooted in fear. Oh my gosh, everything. Fear, fear, fear. So she and I wanted to put this workshop together to explain the astrology to you. We've got a lot that is about to happen. We've got a Mercury retrograde that starts in October. Then we've got eclipse season. Then we have a Venus retrograde that starts. Then we go back into a Mercury retrograde. And it's just one thing after another. And the big finale, we're, we're getting to that big, big finale, is the Pluto return for the U.S. And so when we look back at history and we've, you know, America's a very young country. We're, we're teenagers compared to everyone else. So this is the first ever Pluto return that we have ever seen. So this is a really big deal. You know, we signed up to be here. We signed up to go through this. This is a really big deal for our evolution and spiritual growth. But when we look back at other countries that have gone through and witnessed their own Pluto returns, you know, there's a lot of destruction. There's a lot of old paradigms that go down so that new things can be birthed. And it can feel and seem uh, really scary, but it's not to be feared. It's something that is going to be very exciting because the systems that are built on false pretenses and illusions are going to come down to birth something that is really beneficial for humanity in general. So she and I talk about this and I will have this, we we wrapped this up actually yesterday. I have um, putting everything together and I'm actually going to put it up in a tier on Patreon. I wanted to have decided to put it up on Patreon so that we have a community where people can ask questions and, and we can talk to one another. But our plan is to, um, there's so much that's going on between now and March of next year. We wanted to be able to basically scratch the surface with the big workshop, which uh, we put together like a 90-minute a video for this. But we wanted to be able to come in 
and talk more fully about the individual months. So that's why we wanted to put it up on Patreon so that we can um, give you the, the the big entree, so to speak, but we're going to have a lot of appetizers in between. And, and we also want the community so that if people have questions, you can ask me questions or ask Sharita a question. So just making it a little bit more communal than uh, we would normally do. And then we'll uh, have a, another big workshop that we'll put together in March that talks about the Pluto return. So lots of big stuff going on, but I really want to build a little astro feng shui community. I've got a lot of people that listen to this podcast and that are on my newsletter that are really interested in combining the feng shui and astrology. Um, and, and this is just a great way to build community and, and to bring it all together. So I'll put the link up on the website. You can go to gatesinteriordesign.com to find that link. I'll put it up at the top of the homepage if you want to uh, sign up for that and be a part of that community and uh, watch all this amazing stuff that we put together. Uh, and we've got some uh, great books as well, little ebooks that she put together that uh, is just complimentary to uh, everything that we talked about. And then, of course, today... We're actually here for a podcast, right? <laughs> and this podcast is so perfect to kick off our 12th season. Anthony Teresi is uh, a fantastic author. He wrote this fantastic new book called Rippling Waves. And it's such a great time to birth a, a piece of work like this because humanity needs hope. People have so many questions and they're fearing so many things. And so he really shares his knowledge of being able to astral travel and go to other places. And I want to share this. I actually share this in the podcast. He and I talk about this, but so many people are in a place of fear. And I just, I love, he shares this in the book about this wonderful uh, community I'm not sure if it's a planet or a community. I think it's a planet called Tresara. And it was very much like how Earth is now. But Tresara became something quite great when they went through their great awakening. So prior to their great awakening, this is from the book on page 186. It says, in those days, the ideals of unity as a people were scoffed at by many and treasured by very few. The vast majority of inhabitants were only focused on competition, material possessions, and wealth. Uh, hello, that's earth. Personal acquisition had become all important, and most individuals chose to gather only to themselves just to continue to consume material possessions as they could and basically forsaking all others except perhaps the very few that they actually cherished oh good lord does that not sound like earth and where we are right now so from the depths of the deepest despair a gentle awakening began from within from a deeply implanted sense of love and compassion from many different lifestyles renewed awareness mysteriously arose and began to resonate in the hearts of a very precious few unknown to them at the time they would be the essential key to the great awakening that was soon manifesting Oh my gosh, if the angels aren't singing, when you hear that, that is exactly where we are at at this moment in time for planet Earth. We are amongst 
the great awakening, the the vital few that have been on board with this since 2012. We have finally hit the moment of fullness, that moment where we are at the point of no return and it's happening. And that's why we're about to go through all of these retrogrades and intensity of energy and that Pluto return. It's the grand finality. It's kicking us off for change. And so rather than going into it with fear, because a lot of people hate change. uh, Hello, I'm one of them. (laughs) I have a lot of fixed energy in my chart. I don't like a lot of change. I like things to stay the way that they are. But in this sense, I don't. I am very much looking forward to something new and something that is a lot more positive. You know, community, collaboration, coming together, kindness, all of these very great things. So today's podcast is all about this idea of a new world and what we're birthing and the possibility that is coming to fruition. Pretty cool, right? All right, everyone, I am ready to get started. Are you? Hell yeah, let's do this. Welcome, Anthony, to the show. I'm happy to be here. Yay. Well, I'm excited to talk to you. Um, I really found the book fascinating and I definitely want to dive into the idea of you traveling through realms. But um, first, what I want to ask you is you're a fourth generation intuitive. So for somebody who's maybe just coming to the show, uh, maybe new to this whole woo-woo landscape, what exactly does that mean? What What is otherworldly phenomenon that you are experiencing as an intuitive? Well, that's two different questions. But, it uh, is two different <laughs> questions, isn't it? <laughs> Let's but start with the, number one. What exactly is a fourth generation intuitive? Well, uh, I was raised in a uh, family uh, that this is a natural gift that's been transferred down. I, I don't know uh, if it's a genetic transfer because I think we all have this gift, but I was fortunate enough to be raised in a family environment where when I was having these uh, intuitive experiences, uh, even as an adolescent, as a child, uh, for example, I would tell my mother that the phone was gonna ring and my aunt was gonna call in 10 minutes. And sure enough, the phone would ring, it would be my aunt, and everybody would get a big kick out of that. And you know, I was really supported from that standpoint. So the fourth generation part of that is that it comes from on my mother's side uh, myself, my mother, my grandmother, and my great-grandmother, that we know of. It, I suppose it could extend uh, beyond that. Uh, so that's where that comes from. Um, and I'm sorry, what was the other question? Well, I already got another one. Hang on, we'll get to that next <laughs> one in a minute. So, you know, every intuitive experiences this gift in a different way. And I'm curious, you know, you say that you're you know that uh, your aunt's going to call. Is this just an inner knowing? Did you have, you know, clairvoyance, clairaudience? Like, how did you experience that? Well, at that age, it was just a natural knowing. Uh, it wasn't an intellectual thing. It would just come to me. Uh, it would, um, it'd be, I guess, as I look back, it was a consciousness uh, experience where uh, I was just, uh, you know how you are when you're uh, a kid, you're way, way, way more tuned into 
the uh, mm, the universe yeah. and all the levels of consciousness. Consciousness. So I think it came from there, and as time went on, it became a natural development to sort of bypass the mere mental process and uh, be able to tap into consciousness itself. Wow. All right. So we'll we'll return to, you know, how do you experience otherworldly things now? You know, um, I feel like, <clears throat> excuse me, it's, I feel like it's um, so much more not only available to people now, but it's more accepted now. So how do you experience it now? How is it different now for you than say when you were a kid? Oh, it's very different. Uh, when I was a kid, I was like sort of in a in a an amusement park. I didn't know what was happening. And uh, as I grew older uh, and became a musician, I realized that this intuitive gift was a very profound element of being able to even play music, being able to be in an ensemble or an orchestra or a band or uh, it takes a great intuitive skill to be able to sink in or link in with the music and the musicians. And so without even knowing it, uh, for a couple of decades, uh, quite frankly, I was attuning a, a uh, my intuitive ability to a high level. Um, and in that time, I still was studying metaphysics, and I was beginning to have these visions when I would be in a higher state, uh, certainly after playing, for example, or meditating, I found myself uh, leaving my body. Uh, and I, I don't mean that in the sense where, uh, you know, like near death experience type leaving, I found my consciousness being able to expand beyond the mere intellectual process. And then that put me in a position to be able to sort of clear and focus and see things that I didn't understand at first. But, uh, and you have to understand, my book is a story of a lifetime's worth of experiences. I had to put it into a story form to have it make sense. But these were experiences that, uh, uh, were cumulative uh, in that regard. At first, I was able to raise my vibration to a certain level and experience a, a certain reality, uh, be able to sort of like shake your head off and focus in a certain dimension and see the realities and the beings that exist there. Uh, and then as time went on, uh, that became greater and greater. And that's why... I write about that in my book in the way that I do. I try to graduate it slowly because each experience, quite frankly, is so beautiful. But when you write about it, you can't just like, uh, I didn't feel that it would be readable if I just splashed every page with like this monumental beauty. I mean, all of a sudden it becomes like an ice cream sundae that you can't finish. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, I, I, I definitely tried to pace the books with uh, the book with uh, experiences uh, leading upward in uh, dimension, vibration, 
and focused love. Now, you know, it's funny because every time I have an author on the show that has these incredible gifts, you know, it's such an egoic thing, but I find myself going, man, I wish I could do this. Um, I'm curious, you mentioned, you know, you were experimenting with raising your vibration so that you could get to these higher realms. And, um, you know, you take us through all these amazing journeys throughout your book, but I feel like, man, life on earth would be such a better place if we could get more of consciousness and a, and a higher vibration so that they could get out of the, you know, the 3d nonsense and, and the density of everything. Do you feel like it's easier for you to raise your vibration because of your gift or does everybody have this ability? Uh, both. Uh, uh, I definitely know for a fact that everyone has uh, the ability and I completely agree with you. It would be great if this was something that was sought after, uh, especially in this day and age when we are identifying our uh, ourselves uh, with these uh, crazy events that are occurring in the world. Uh, I found personally that it took the effort of going within myself, focusing within myself, again, to reference music. I got to the point to where I was able to master my instrument, which meant that I literally felt often that I was standing next to myself, watching myself play. Uh, and that sort of detachment and that sort of witness uh, uh, consciousness is uh, really the uh, elevator into the next uh, dimensions. Um, everyone can do this. And uh, you find many people uh, uh, making reference to, to this, athletes, other musicians, it's called being in the zone, being in the pocket. There's a lot of different terms for it. But uh, uh, I, I uh, make reference in my book all through that it ha it's not an external journey so much as it is an internal journey. And you don't necessarily travel to the ends of the universe uh, in ge uh, a geographical sense you are able to visit these dimensions through the raising of your uh, innate vibration and tapping into consciousness, which is, of course, is everywhere. So um, it's not a, a space adventure. It's a spiritual adventure. So what would you suggest? Uh, because, I mean, it sounds very similar to astral travel. I, I don't know if there, this is the same thing that you're talking about, but I know that I have tried for many years through meditation and whatnot to do. I have a, a very dear friend of mine that uh, does lucid dreaming all the time and astral travels all the time. And um, it, it comes quite naturally for them to do it. In fact, it happened by pure accident and now I can do it all the time. I mean, it literally on, it's almost like on command. And I feel like a bonehead because I'm over here and I'm meditating and I'm doing all these spiritual things. And I'm like, damn it, I can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, and I feel like I'm a pretty darn big spiritual woo. You know, I feel like I really take care of my instrument. I do meditation a lot. 
Um, you know, I go to yoga, I eat very high vibrational foods. I drink tons of water and I just feel, and it could, I could very well be, you know, too far up in my head and trying way too hard. I mean, that sounds exactly like something I would do, but like my friend, it had for him, it happened first when he was 17 and he wasn't trying to do anything. And he was, you know, eating poor foods and had a pretty crappy lifestyle. And it just sort of happened to him. Um, and I've heard this with other friends who experience lucid dreaming. It just happens to them. Um, I'm curious, you know, why is it that again, if we could get the population to experience this truth, which we'll get into that in a minute, cause you talk extensively about it in the book, but if we could get people to get a glimpse of this truth and to experience the oneness that we all are, there wouldn't be such a division. Everybody wouldn't be so polarized. There's, you know, a lot of people are really caught up in a false reality that really doesn't exist. And so what kind of tools would you recommend to help people maybe get there? What, what kind of things could we be doing to maybe experience that glimpse? And, and even if we could have an idea of, oh, okay, here's, here's a glimpse of that truth. This is what the, the reality that we've created does not exist. This is what the real truth is. Well, actually, to be honest with you, truth is the very issue. Uh, we're looking for truth out there in the world and we can't even know it when we find it if we don't know the truth within, if we don't know who we are as uh, spiritual beings, uh, the light that exists that animates our being. These are the, the, the starting points uh, from which uh, real truth can be uh, identified uh, or uh, reflected. I believe the yeah, I believe a lucid dreaming is closer to stepping across the threshold into these realms than astral traveling. I think astral traveling is more of a lateral kind of experience. Um, I think uh, what I would uh, suggest that uh, a person does, and I mentioned this in my book, I mean, you first have to go within and come to terms with a, an identity that is sort of indivisible within. This is what I was mentioning a moment ago uh, when I found that I had mastered my instrument. Um, I, I wasn't thinking about playing any longer. I was putting myself in a position, or I had put myself in a position to where the music was coming as a result of my creative will simultaneously as I was willing it. And that took me a while. I mean, again, took 17, 18, 19 years before okay, I got to that. that makes me feel better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Huh? Uh, so again, this isn't exactly something you can sit down and do tomorrow. I mean, the, the first most important thing, uh, you know, I, I have to cite Gandhi when it comes to this, is that if you would change the world, you change yourself. I mean, it's a paraphrase, but be the change that you, you seek. But uh, I think that's most important. Your point is most important. The one thing that we can do is we can learn uh, and uh, experience the truth that we are. And in doing so, we become lights to the world. And it's amazing when you see that uh, happen, 
a person li literally uh, extends away from their body, sometimes miles, uh, their energy that uh, is able to affect other people. And it's very beautiful thing to see. Uh, I've seen that happen many times. And um, uh, I think that, again, the problem is that these kinds of endeavors, uh, as you said when we opened the show, they're looked upon as like woo-woo and how do I do that? And is that even real? And uh, all this kind of stuff. And it, it just does not have the kind of, uh, what, PR program <laughs> that it uh, would, uh, would benefit from. Uh, but folks like yourself and uh, shows like this are really uh, heightening the awareness of these things. And um, uh, I- And normalizing really, them. Yeah. I would really suggest that if a person could even spend 15 minutes a day uh, going within and- uh, ident uh, coming to terms with who they are behind their eyes. Uh, there's a saying that I use often in my uh, interviews. It's from a 14th century mystic. Um, and quickly the story goes that his followers came to him one day and they were seeking enlightenment. And they said, Master, please tell us, can you point us in the direction where enlightenment lies? We wish to go uh, and experience it. And he smiled and he looked at them and said, what you're looking for is what is looking. Uh, and there's a very deep, profound statement there is what you're looking for is who you are, literally, in reality. The, the ability to see truth is what you're endowed with as a spiritual being. And that's the first uh, step. Once you accomplish that, the rest uh, is a matter of progressing. Hmm. Well, you've been traveling now and going to many realms, which is what the book is about. And I think that it creates a lot of hope, especially now in a time when things are so polarized. And I think that people do need to, even if they can't experience it for themselves, maybe uh, experience it through you in your own journey. What inspired you at this point? You've been, you know, doing these journeys for a long time. You've, you're, as you said, you're a fourth generation intuitive. Why now? Why, why is now the good time to, to come out with this book and share this information? Oh, this is a extremely critical time in civilization, uh, extremely uh, critical time for our species. Um, and I felt that things were slipping away. Uh, the uh, truth, the reality, the spiritual beauty of who we are as a people was getting shouted down. Uh, by all these uh, other crazy external uh, realities. The internet uh, has posed a, a di very difficult problem in that it's almost taken over the definition of truth. Uh, if you're in one part of the country, you go to Google, you put in an, a word, and it'll give you a completely different definition of that word if you're in a different part of the country. And so truth has been lost and common ground uh, to grow has been blurred. And th this is a, uh, 
attempt on my part to bring into the world greater realities, realities that would be inspiring, realities that would show that there's so much more beyond uh, the political, social, economical things that economic things that we're going through. Um, and that's the main reason why it's now. And I started out uh, writing this book about three years ago. Uh, and in that time, I, I have been heartened to find uh, that there are over a thousand different organizations, let alone uh, folks like yourself, who are really open to this, who are really searching. They've lost touch with religion. They've lost touch with philosophy. They're, they're adrift. They don't really know which way is up. And uh, when, when I saw that, uh, I just felt that I had to make this statement because I had been experiencing these, these things my whole life. And it, it's like looking at Earth 2 and saying, well, that, that's, that's not right. Um, let's, let's try to get it back to love and the center of looking and leading your life from the inside out. Yeah, well, I, I think that for the first time in a long time, I mean, I really started coming into this uh, questioning curiosity back in the, the mid 90s when I was in college. And there was a lot of skepticism and you had to be I mean, there are still moments when I feel like, you know, it was glimpses of what it must have been like to be a witch back in, you know, the 1600s, 1400s, like, you know, to experience the shame and the judgment and uh, the ridicule. And I find that more people are definitely opening up. They're more curious than ever. Um, they may not fully understand something and they may even have a glimpse of doubt and, and they're not sure about something, but they're still open to the possibility, which I think is, is quite beautiful. You know, I've definitely seen a huge shift from when I got into this work to now, but there are still people that are jaded and, and very skeptical. So how do we take this information that you've, you've given us this, this beautiful information. It is such a gift and not allow it to get lost in the skepticism so that they can flesh out this idea of, Oh, you know, we can really take action here. We can create something greater like spiritual harmony. How do we get past that skepticism and hang on to the idea that if we can open ourselves up to this, that spiritual harmony does in fact exist and that we can create it? Well, I've had to resign myself to the fact that there is going to always be a percentage, hopefully continuing to become smaller and smaller, that is going to reject this kind of uh, endeavor. Uh, and there are going to be those uh, who, in fact, embrace it totally, completely. I'm looking to talk to those individuals uh, or reach those individuals in between, the ones that are looking for something bigger, something better, something that is uh, going to assist them in rising out of the confusion. And my book is written in such a way 
uh, and again, I spent a lot of time working on this. My book is written in such a way that uh, if you read it and you really try your best to embrace not only what it's saying, but the visual aspect of what I'm presenting, that in and of itself will begin to have an effect on your ability of visualization, on your ability to come to terms with the fact that these things do exist. You may even have your own experiences or maybe they even may relate to experiences that you've had that you don't understand. So we're looking for uh, small victories with individuals who uh, can relate to this kind of information. Uh, but it's amazing what kind of a chain reaction could happen when that ha when that does happen, when uh, individuals uh, begin seeing this, begin incorporating it in their life, it automatically touches other uh, uh, beings on our planet and enhances all life. But the most important thing is that I guarantee you, if you read this book and you embrace the visual as well as the storyline with, with all your concentration, I guarantee you at the end of the book, you will have had an elevation in your consciousness. I think that for me, one of the hardest things has been, and, and I don't know if the audience would agree, but I think one of the, the hardest things for me is that I have been trying to experience it for myself. Um, I will admit I'm a little, I'm a little smidge past the 17 years of trying. <laughs> I've been doing it for a bit, but I won't say that I have not had other types of, of miracles and synchronicities. And, and I definitely get winks from the universe. I'm, I'm not saying that I haven't, but one thing that I've always been um, again, I hate to use the word jealous because it's such an egoic word, but in, in many ways it, it has been, uh, a truth that I have sought is that every mystic and healer, um, intuitive, uh, otherworldly being that, you know, travels this earth, they have always stated that, uh, the only thing that matters, the only thing that exists, the only thing that will get us through is love. And it's such a, tangible yet intangible thing, because I think for those that can get to those realms, whether it's through, uh, astral travel, meditation, dreams, you know, that every, or, uh, near death experiences, people say that when they touch that enormous amount of love, even if it's for a moment during a, a near death experience, their life changes immediately. They often, will, especially those with near-death experiences, they give up all of their worldly goods. They start, you know, uh, getting involved with charitable actions. They start giving back. They start doing things and building things in communities because they have touched and experienced love. And you talk about that in, in your own book with this idea of these other realms and the unity that they have. How, what is the closest thing that we have on earth that can give us kind of an idea of what we experience here. That is what you were experiencing when you're going to these other places, that level of love. The closest thing that I can say that exists in the three dimensional world 
would be the experience uh first of all the experiences that you mentioned uh near-death experiences uh but also re- uh spiritual ecstasy uh the uh when you meditate and you reach that space where you feel one with everything uh cosmic consciousness which i speak of uh that's attainable by anyone but i mean there are other elements of love that are stepping stones uh, in this regard. The deep love you would experience for a child, uh, the love that you would experience for your own sense of uh, inner self. When you discover yourself, literally, when you go within and find that point within, you are blown away. I mean, because most people don't realize that they are, actually are, the expression of love, a creation of love. When you step into that consciousness of that inner identity, that singularity that is you, that is love in its own uh, purest sense, then that's the time that things begin for you. But um, I encourage people to do, or uh, anyone interested, I I encourage uh, other things. there's uh, aesthetics, beauty, music, uh, uh, elements that raise us out of our intellectual shatter, uh, which is a, the bane of all existence uh, when it comes to these kinds of things. Uh, trying to bypass the mind and its necessity to make meaning out of the outer world is the thing that stands in most of our way. If we are able to circumvent that process and tap into consciousness itself, that in itself is the most exhilarating experience that one can feel, uh, at least on the starting level. So these are elements that require personal uh, commitment uh, and a desire to experience something greater. But the good news is, if you make even a slight effort on a continual basis, it's there. You'll you'll experience it. All right. I'm going to take your word for it. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about Tracera, which I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. I'm not sure. Am I pronouncing that correctly? Tracera. Tracera. Um, I have to admit that, you know, I was going on all these journeys with you and this one by far gave me probably the greatest hope. And I'm not a big fan of the word hope. I prefer faith because it means that it's going to come rather than we're hoping it's going to (laughs) come. But you talk about how in your final voyages that you experience this community, that it sounds very much like earth. You know, it was driven by greed. It was driven by ego. And it was a community that was able to expand into a community of collaboration and harmony. And so I have faith that we can, uh, in our lifetime, hopefully (laughs) get to this point. Um, but I want to share, um, two excerpts from the book that really talk about Trasara. And I'm hoping that for those that are listening today, that this too gives you the faith that as more of us come together, and have curiosity about 
what is oneness and love and collaboration look like? Um, can it occur from an earth like ours? I really feel like with Anthony's words and what he shares with us on, on these voyages to Trisara that it is possible. Um, on page 186, it says, in those days, the ideals of unity as a people were scoffed by many and treasured by very few. The vast majority of our inhabitants were focused only on competition for material position, possessions and wealth. Personal acquisition had become all important and most individuals chose to gather unto themselves every material possession they could forsaking all others, except perhaps maybe those that they cherish the most. Okay. Well, that absolutely is uh, very sinuous of what earth is. Then on 194, he says, but from the depths, the deepest despair, a gentle awakening began from within from a deeply implanted sense of love and compassion from many different lifestyles, renewed awareness mysteriously arose and began to resonate in the hearts of very precious few unknown to them at the time, they would be the essential key to the great awakening that would soon manifest. So this gives me great, great, great faith, Anthony, because I keep hearing about this great awakening. I've heard some mystics call it the golden age, the golden era. Is that what we are upon? Are we finally at the, the breaking point, so to speak, where there is enough of us that we believe in the oneness and the unity and the compassion and the collaboration that we're, we're finally going to ascend to that level like Tresera did, Tresara did? I think we're close. Uh, I really do. Uh, and you, again, if you look at the evening news, you would disagree with me. But, uh, <laughs> I don't watch the news anymore. <laughs> yeah, me either. Uh, uh, the unity itself that is uh, coming is a unity of sustainability. We have to come to the point to where we realize that uh, you know, wealth for the one percent, uh, and an abundance for uh, you know a small faction is just not sustainable. Uh, that that that's where where we are right now. We've come to a crisis point. So the activity is going to uh, put us in a position to either completely uh, disintegrate in terms of like a, a civilization, which many people. Uh, how are predicting. I'm not. I, I feel that uh, at the end of the day, uh, people, uh, humanity in, in and of itself uh, will unite and uh, it may be through uh, emergency and catastrophic circumstances like we're facing right now, for example. But just the way that the pandemic, uh, whether you believe it or not, but just the way that that has emerged in a negative way, I'm feeling the same thing happens in terms of planetary love. I believe that it emerges in country after country, in people after people, in culture after culture, and it connects on a global way to where it absolutely shifts the energy and heals this planet moving forward. That's a general statement. I realize that and it would take a lot of granular uh, effort to, to, to you know, put that into action. 
But that's where we're headed. Uh, and I feel that uh, uh, what I write about in Shasara, especially the second part that you wrote there, I believe that that is going to be facilitated again by uh, folks like yourself. I write about this uh, often and uh, frequently in my book. Uh, I believe that a renaissance is at hand. Artists, musicians, writers, philosopher, poets, uh, for example, all the information that is coming to us through quantum physics and field uh, dynamics uh, all corresponds to ancient wisdom. These are, the, these are the connecting points that are going to put us in a position globally to realize that we can, we can no longer exist as isolated tribes. We uh, have passed that point many years ago, and the uh, ruling uh, materialistic uh, uh, paradigm is disintegrating. It can't last any longer. Uh, if it lasts 20 more years, I'd be surprised. Uh, so again, we're looking for that handout uh, to another handout to another handout and putting those uh, connections together. I do outline one way that that, 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 uh, that could happen in that very same chapter. Uh, so I know that it can happen. I've seen that it has. Uh, I'm not quite sure what shape it takes on our planet, but I know that that is at hand. I think it's interesting that you say that you don't think it's going to last for 20 years. I, I have been saying to people that I don't think it's going to make it another five. <laughs> well, I'm an optimist. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I just, I feel like we are very, very much at a breaking point and I have noticed it in my own life. Um, now I'm getting older. And, and so a lot of those material things don't mean anything to me anymore, but I felt a massive shift in my own life in 2011, 2012, where it was almost like a switch turned off in me. It, it, the, the material goods no longer had a value to me. It, 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 was, it was such a big thing prior to that to have the house or the car or the handbag. And it wasn't necessarily for me. It was to impress those around me. And something in me turned off right around that time where it was no longer important to me. It was more important to me to learn and grow in my not, well, I should say grow in wisdom to gain a, a better understanding of what spiritual wisdom was and what this journey on life was, you know, all about, like, why was I here and, and why was I here to journey? I wasn't here to get more shit. I was here to in some way, shape or form, I had some sort of a purpose to serve. And at, at that moment in time, my way to serve was to start this podcast. I, I started the podcast in, in late 2010 and launched it officially in 2011. And it was my way of kind of navigating the spiritual world without really knowing what I was doing and kind of just sharing my journey along the way. I would have guests on the show and I wouldn't know what the heck they were talking about. And, you know, I, I listen back to some of those early shows and <laughs> I don't know what's going on, but it's like, it's messy. And it's, you know, you can tell that I, I, it's something that I've never heard before, but you go on the journey with me and I have found far more far more reward in 
helping others open up their curiosity about why they're here and what their purpose is and how we can help each other out, how we can build and, and collaborate community together. And I feel like we were at a breaking point because I see a lot of people who are starting to buck that old system, that old paradigm that our, our parents and our grandparents had. And I feel like a lot of people are starting to become more kind and they're starting to realize the woes of the ways. And so I see it now with the political divide and everything that's going on in our country. There's no way that this can last for another 20 years. I feel like a big shift is going to have to happen within the next five years because the system is broken and it's not working. And what a beautiful time for so many people to be coming awake and, and awakening uh, to the idea that there's more. So reading about Tresar and understanding that another community like ours has done it and successfully done it. We've already got so many beautiful souls on this planet that are not only awake, but awakening and they're coming in with beautiful gifts. I've got three girlfriends of mine that suddenly started just randomly doing light language. They're speaking other languages from other planets and they're all in their forties and they've never done this before. So that to me tells me something that we've, we've got, you know, uh, there are big energy shifts that are happening. So we'll say we'll meet halfway. We'll say 10 years. <laughs> 10 years is good. Uh, your uh, comments about 2010-11, very interesting. Uh, that is a personification of shifting perspective from defining yourself in the outside world, as you said, house, car, purse, et cetera, to looking for something that had uh, an intrinsic meaning and that that uh, reversed your perspective so that you began looking from the inside out as opposed to defining yourself in the opposite from the outside in. And uh, that is, is happened to you through the course of your own experience. And that is exactly what I'm speaking of. You don't necessarily have to sit in meditation for 10 hours a day. Uh, eventually, at some particular point, your own personal evolution, and that's what we're seeing, the evolution of individuals are having the same effect. What does that mean to have a Rolls Royce? What, how does it make me a better person? Well, it doesn't. It's just a thing. Uh, and making yourself a better person or realizing that you are uh, uh, this quality of life that it is exuding through you is the most exhilarating experience that you can have. And uh, I can see that in your particular case, you've ridden that wave since then. And that, that's beautiful. I mean, that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, I think it is. I have, I have found that having spiritual matter in my life has made it far more fulfilling and it allows me that every walk of life that I, I come in and, and encounter with, um, I, and, and challenge, you know, I, I no longer look at challenges as they're happening to me, they're happening for me. So I always, you know, I, I I'm such a spiritual person now. I'm like, I look at something and, uh, like just recently my car broke down and then five days later, my crown, my, one of my crowns cracked in half. And I was like, 
Okay, spirit, what are you trying to tell me here? Other than the fact that you're blowing through a lot of my money. <laughs> what am I learning from this? You know, so it has given me more of a sense of humor. Um, it has enlightened me uh, to be more lighthearted and to when I meet people and, and they come off as challenging or persnickety or you know, uh, they don't mesh well with me. It allows me to take a step back and say, what is it that they're going through? You know, where are they at in their evolution and how can I help that? How can I, what can I do to serve them, to help them? And so it, to me, that has been the greatest gift because it has allowed me to take a step back and, and see things from a, a, a more grander view. And I think as more people awaken, that's where we're going to get that collaboration and community from. And it's going to be less of a divide. Uh, and, and, you know, like you say, the doing everything you possibly can to gain a, an external thing for the sake of all, it's going to be, you know, how can we help each other out and awaken together and really rise up to another dimension and reality that, um, could be quite harmonious and peaceful. And like, I want to be able to see that in my lifetime. I want to be able to experience that in my lifetime as an earthling. Obviously we, we experience that in the spiritual realms, but I want to experience that as an earthling and, and experience, you know, not so much divide and, um, ego really it's, it's all, a lot of times it comes down to ego. And I think that your book really, I've read so many books that have talked about, uh, in fact, um, Shirley MacLaine talks about all her astral travels all the time. She started, she introduced us to her, uh, experiences in her 1980s book out on a limb. Um, but I think what's really fascinating about your book is that the realms that you travel to, it really gives us a glimpse of what's possible. And that not only is it possible, but it's something that we can do in our lifetime. If we, if we really focus on less of the egoic 3d way of reality that we've created, it, I just think that it, it gives so many hope and gives us a glimpse of what's out there that you're right. There's more to this universe than just us, because a lot of people think that this is all there is, <laughs> which is kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Uh, when you begin thinking in terms of, uh, and by the way, I love that book by Shirley. Uh, when you begin thinking in terms of like uh, less judgment and more acceptance and, you know, being uh, able to be kind and accepting that a person may be off the edge uh, for reasons that we can't possibly comprehend, but rather than calling them crazy, how can we help them? How can we put ourselves in a position to make a difference in, in their lives? And this is a singular uh, example, but if you extrapolate that uh, and put it into a position of cities, countries, nations, planetary approach, uh, then it becomes really uh, exciting. Uh, as I've said many times, if uh, you know Captain Kirk were, were um, <laughs> orbiting our planet uh, right now and they were thinking to themselves, uh, well, look at this, about 7.5 billion inhabitants down there. They look pretty 
willing to take the next step. Uh, hmm, who do we contact? Who would they contact? I mean, there's no one that speaks for Earth. There's no one that speaks for us. So I think that that's our next step, uh, finding that global coherence, a global cohesiveness that puts us in a position to begin the era of sustainability. Mm. That's a whole nother can of worms that Amanda's fighting for. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. Planet. Good Lord. There's, there's a lot in my basket. I got a lot to accomplish in the next 40 to 50 years. Uh, I'm with well, you. The book is called Rippling Waves, A Spiritual Journey Through the Heart of the Universe. Anthony, thank you so much for taking the time today to share your wisdom um, and this amazing book. I, I recommend everybody goes out and, and purchases it. it. It just, it fills my heart with joy and, and really gives me uh, the faith that we are going to accomplish this in our lifetime. Oh, thank you for having me. I, and again, let me say, it's folks like yourself. These shows are so important. I can't emphasize them enough. You are a clear trickle of water into a muddy pond. And it's been shown that eventually that clear trickle of, of clear water will clear the pond. And uh, I think that uh, the, the more shows we have like this, more people like yourself who are putting these ideas out there uh, for the mainstream, is exactly what we need right now. We'll eventually hit critical mass, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Pleasure. Well, thank you. Take care. Well, thanks everyone for joining me today. It was definitely great to be back and to share this amazing information with you. I hope that you enjoyed the show today and I hope that you're glad that we're back. Be sure to head on over to my website. I got the link there for the new Astro Feng Shui uh, workshop that Sharita Starr and I are doing. Um, it's going to talk about the upcoming uh, changes and events going on in the sky and how to prepare your chi in a very positive, curious way so that you're open to possibility and accepting the change with an open heart rather than fear. That's the best part, right? So if you uh, are interested in that, you can just find that on the website. Also, if you're interested in a feng shui consultation or learning about me, you can just head on over to the same place, gatesinteriordesign.com. All right, everyone, trust the vibe because the energy never lies.